Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi guys, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly dose of monarchy news. Yay! So make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Yeah, we love those. And today we're going to be talking about Harry's exes. Oh, my favorite. (laughs) We have a Markle update, including uh, details about the honeymoon and her coat of arms. Yeah. And then Kate's normal spottings. Yeah, we got a little spotting from Kate over the weekend. She's just being a person. It's amazing. All right. And so let's start with our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Was it this week? It's wine. (laughs) (laughs) We know we're still really resting from the royal wedding. I'm still exhausted. I don't feel back to normal yet. When will I be rested, Lisa? Maybe we're going through the grieving process. And so this exhaustion we feel is not exhaustion from working too hard it's just depression it's a it is a real tumble after all that and at the same time it feels like a while ago and it was one week it's been one week that's insane a lot has happened though yeah so i you know of course (laughs) we you might have thought that news would um I don't know, dry up after they got married, but I'm here to inform you that it has not. Um, And so, of course, we'll be running through that today because there's always going to be new little details about that wedding that we're going to be latching on to for maybe years to come. Yes. Hopefully every week for the rest of all of our lives. (laughs) And I'm going to live forever, so it's going to be a very long time. Yes. Um, So this week um, in royal history, there wasn't a ton. So instead, we're going to do a different kind of royal history lesson, which is take a look at the royal family tree, the tree of the Windsors. Not too far back because... Oh, it just gets messier and messier. There's so many of them. So we're just going to start with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, as like the oldest people in this tree. Yeah. So basically the living and important uh, British royals. So yes, we have Queen Elizabeth and her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh. Then her, then she, Queen Elizabeth, has four children. The eldest is Charles, the Prince of Wales. Then comes at Princess Royal, Anne, then Andrew, the Duke of York, then Edward, the Earl of Wessex. She took 10 years off between her first two kids and her second two kids. Smart. Which is so smart. Not that she had to worry about um, child care or anything like that, (laughs) um, but I kind of loved that. And that was depicted in this most recent season of The Crown, Mm -hmm. where she's like, wait, I want to have more babies. And Philip is like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I thought we were done with this. Um, And then he makes a really nasty sexist comment because she gets a bad haircut. And he's like, I thought you wanted me to get you pregnant. It's really gross. Philip. But he did. So we have the two older ones and these two little ones. 
So let's now go down the line of Charles. Yes. Charles used to be married to Diana, who was a princess of Wales. He is now married to Camilla, something I don't like, uh, (laughs) who is the Duchess of Cornwall. She chose not to be styled as the Princess of Wales because she didn't want to... I don't know if it's that she didn't want to denigrate the memory of Princess Diana or she knew people would be pretty pissed at her. Right. It was just the best to sidestep it altogether and style give herself a completely new noble title. So the queen dubbed her the Duchess of Cornwall. So that's mm-hmm. Camilla. And of course, from Charles and Diana's marriage, you have two children, William, Prince William, who is now the Duke of Cambridge, and his wife, Catherine, the Duchess of Cambridge, and you have Harry, Duke of Sussex, and his wife, Meghan, the Duchess <laughs> of Sussex. It? They've been married for four years now. The five. wife. It's just so fun to say wife. I'm like, I'm the newlywed, or I'm like, my <laughs> husband, my wife. So <laughs> Harry's wife, Meghan, is the Duchess of Sussex. And then William and Catherine, aka Kate, have three kids. That's Prince George of Cambridge, Princess Charlotte of Cambridge. And Prince Louis of Cambridge. Yes, we're also looking at a printout of the family tree, and it has the little tiny picture of Prince Louis from his portrait from Kate, and it's so cute. Yeah, I highly suggest just Googling like entire royal family tree, tree explained in one easy chart. Yes. <laughs> because yes. this visual makes it so easy. Like if I was to just be reading this, I'd probably be yeah. flubbing all over the place. Yeah, and it's just really a nice opportunity to see those cutie kids. Mm-hmm. Do you think, by the way, that We'll get a Louis appearance anytime soon. We have th- Trooping the Color coming up in just days. Yeah, days before Trooping the Color. Let's revisit the kids later when we talk about normal Kate spotting. Oh, it's fine. It's tough, but I'll, I, <laughs> I will take it. Um, so the next uh, child of Elizabeth and Philip is Princess Anne. Um, she was married to Mark Phillips, who was her first husband, and she had two children from that marriage. Now she is married to Timothy Lawrence. And her kids from Mark Phillips are Peter Phillips and Zara Tyndall, who is married to Mike Tyndall, who we love because he can't stop talking to the press. <laughs> and he's got this like busted nose from his rugby days. Yes. And it's so great. And they have a kid, Mia, who Kate. I just called you Kate instead of Caitlin. Well, I understand. (laughs) Who Kate Middleton, who's sitting right next to me, (laughs) has said in a previous episode she loves. I love Mia Tyndall. She's so cute. And she will soon be getting a younger sibling because, as you may recall from the royal wedding, Zara Tyndall was pregnant AF. Super pregnant. (laughs) So they have another kid coming. And then uh, Princess Anne's uh, oldest child, Peter Phillips, is married to Autumn Phillips. And they have two children, Savannah and Isla. And then the next kid, the third one, is Andrew, the Duke of York, who was married to Sarah, the Duchess of York. She's known as Fergie, and they're divorced, but they both still live together in Kensington Palace, which modern family making it work, like, (laughs) good for them. It's a little odd, but that's what makes them so memorable. So thank you to the Duke and Duchess of York. And they have two kids, uh, Princess Beatrice of York, who has not responded to my Instagram follow request, FYI. Wow. How are we going to do our jobs? I don't know. I look a lot. She's not rejected <laughs> it, but she has not responded. So wow, rude. what's up with that, Beatrice? Not very royal. And then there's Princess Eugenie. Yes, and Princess Eugenie is getting married in September. And there's one kid left of Elizabeth and Philip, and it is Edward, the Earl of Wessex. Yes. And he's married to Sophie, the Countess of Wessex. Edward and Sophie have two kids. It's Lady Louise Spencer. Sorry. Lady Louise Windsor. Sorry, I've got the Spencers on my brain. I don't know if you know (laughs) this, but 
with Spencer's, which are Diana's side, there's a very hot guy in their family. Yes. He's this 24-year-old guy named Louis Spencer, and he's super hot. So look him up, everybody. Just stare <laughs> at his picture. He's so freaking attractive. Anyway, so Lady Louise Windsor, and then James, who is the Viscount Severn. Severn. Yeah, that sounds right. Our British our British fans, of which there are thousands, will be so <laughs> upset that we're mispronouncing that. So now that you have them all, we're going to just do a quick rundown of the royal line of succession. Of course, you have Queen Elizabeth, who's on the throne right now, and Prince Charles, who's first in line. You might have known all of that, and that Prince William comes next, and Prince George. But hang on tight for who follows after that, because we have my all-time favorite human being and mascot of Royally Obsessed, Princess Charlotte, is fourth in line to the throne, as you might recall from Louis' birth um, almost two, yeah, two months ago now. A month ago? Wow, so Where much are has we? happened. One month ago. Um, that she did not get bumped down when Louis was born. So yay for Charlotte. So Louis comes after that. Then we have Harry. Louis. Oh, oh Louis. Sorry, Louis. Louis, of course. And then Harry. Then Harry, so Harry will probably never be king. And then it goes to Prince Andrew. It skips over um, Princess, Princess Anne. Anne, which is a crock of yes. It's, it's not feminist. It's not feminist. <laughs> we disapprove of this. <laughs> Let's get the law changed. Yeah, I don't think she minds because she's really low key. But yeah, she's not. She was bumped by her younger brother. So there's Andrew next. But then, then Beatrice is after him. Yeah. So then Andrew's daughters, uh, Beatrice and Eugenie, then comes the next son of Queen Elizabeth, Edward, and then come his children. Um, James is ten, and he goes before Louise. Who is older? Because boys, yeah, freaking and, boys. And then we we bounce back to Princess Anne, and then her children and grandchildren. So that leaves my beloved Mia Tyndall is the last on our list. She's 18th in line to the throne. Only 18 people to kill. Just kidding. <laughs> don't kill anybody. Don't kill anybody, Mia. And I don't think you would because you're so cute. So now, let's get on to the thing that we are dying to talk about. Our favorite people, other than Princess Charlotte. Yes, is that uh, Prince Harry's exes? So. As you may recall, Prince Harry's two most important exes, uh, Chelsea Davy and Cressida Bonas, both attended the royal wedding, which we just couldn't, a lot of Americans couldn't understand. It's kind of like Kate wearing almost white to the wedding. We're like, I don't get it. I don't know why you would do it. Why do you need to do it? But they're all very noble and polite people, so they invite their exes to things. I guess I would go to an ex's wedding if it was really insignificant and I dumped him. Right. If I am the better person in this situation, yeah, which I obviously often am, mm -hmm. sorry, exes, but in this case, you're not. You can't show up Prince Harry at his yeah. own wedding. That said, uh, they both attended and they've both, there were both gossip stories. There were gossip stories from both of them in the days that followed the royal wedding. So first, the son reported that Prince Harry and Chelsea Davy, my beloved, had an emotional phone call the week before the wedding and that she wept and it was sort of a closure phone call. Now, I'm going to call BS on this tabloid story. I love anything related to Chelsea Davy. I'm happy to see her name in the news, but not for nonsense where she's weeping on the phone to her ex. If that were going to happen, it would have happened years ago. They broke up something like seven years ago now. Mm -hmm. And while I believe they probably had some ex-relations over the years and that they were still like buddies I don't think she was weeping on the phone yeah and so a friend of Chelsea's uh, like friend. named friend we're doing yeah. air quotes we don't know who that <laughs> might be but 
her friend told Vanity Fair, it was their final call, a parting call in which they both acknowledged Harry was moving on. Chelsea was quite emotional about it all. She was in tears and almost didn't go to the wedding. In the end, she went and promised Harry she wouldn't try and get, crash the party. I Don't also call it. BS because Chelsea chose not to be with him. She didn't want this life. No. She could have married him, and she chose not to. And I mean, I'm very happy for everyone involved. Chelsea Davy, as you know from following her Instagram, which we know all of you do, <laughs> she has this great life where she designs jewelry and just travels and has so many friends and is always looking so happy. Harry has found the love of his and our lives, Meghan Markle. Yes, so exactly. So, like, they're doing fine, but they've been broken up since 2011. She was recently photographed, like, making out with some dude on the street, like, her boyfriend. Yeah. She's in a relationship. So, I'm sure it's sad, you know. We'll all feel a little bit sad when our most significant exes get married, but I doubt she was, like, crying. Like, I bet the day that they got engaged, she got together with her, like, she texted SOS to her girlfriends and they got together and, like, had a bottle of wine each. I buy that because that's what you do when your ex gets engaged. Mm -hmm. I don't think she had a tearful phone call with him especially the week before the wedding where he was dealing with thomas markle disasters number ones through 11 yeah like he had other things to deal with so i just don't i'm not that into that story um what i am into was then cressida bonus wrote something the other ex the other blondie um wrote something for the spectator about her experience at the royal wedding so whereas the chelsea davies story you know, I call BS on this. We know because she put her name on it and wrote it herself for a British newspaper. And like, tw- I'd, I don't know if it was tweeting, but she Instagrammed it out because <laughs> I follow her on Instagram and I was like, whoa, she really freaking wrote something. Yeah, it's just it's so it's so silly to me. So she wrote something. Hold on. Let me just about hats. <laughs> Sorry not to spoil anything, but it's <laughs> no, literally you, just about can, hats because I can't find it. But like, it's, come on. It's so it. She basically was like, so last week I attended a wedding. And we're like, oh, really? Did you? That's why we're here. That's why we clicked through. Like, okay, so last week I attended the royal wedding, she writes. The invitation clearly stated that guests must wear hats. Yikes. First of all, I was under the impression that British people could not say yikes. Yeah, they're not in an Archie comic. Yeah, they're not. What year is this? (laughs) And they're British. She's not caught off guard by anything. Mm -mm. That is insane. I opted for a minimal feathered number, she wrote, and I can only hope I got it right. Obviously, you got it right. Obviously, you looked amazing. You were preparing that outfit for months. She's acting as if she's never been to any royal function. His, yes, Prince Harry was her ex-boyfriend, but her family's very aristocratic. I think her mom is a lady. She's been to so many of these events. I've seen her in Fascinators before. She knows how to wear a freaking hat. Yeah, it just the whole thing was so dithering that's like, the word I'm going to go with. is she trying to be relatable because I wish I could relate to that I truly truly wish yeah so that was just what a silly little interlude from those two exes um we do have other some other little like updates from the post-wedding one that um Camilla Parker Bowles Duchess of Cornwall as you now know her title to be from a few minutes earlier <laughs> she gave an interview um, since the wedding and she just said all these sort of polite things nothing really crazy to discuss but she said it was such a lovely day just everything we all went right we all wondered whatever would happen next and then everything went right everyone harped on that line we all wondered whatever would happen next because of all the drama yeah the royal family does not acknowledge the drama (laughs) they know it's happening and they sidestep it in like a very dignified way but Camilla was just like I can't keep up just like the rest of us so I guess that is relatable yeah so that was pretty funny to me the line that I really liked um, 
Camilla said on Wednesday, it's nice to have something that is uplifting rather than depressing um, in regards to the royal wedding, which is sort of, I think, the whole MO of our royally obsessed podcast. There's, <laughs> it's nice to have something uplifting rather than depressing. It's nice to look at two insanely hot people get married and then sit in each other's laps yeah and be snuggly and beautiful that's much more uplifting than paying attention to whatever trump was doing last weekend ruining yes. the the country and the world in so many ways like it's just much more pleasant to see two hot people be in love so i'm with you camilla she didn't say two hot people in love but that's what she meant when she said uplifting and also i've been reading that camilla and megan have formed a bond and recently last week uh, they attended a garden party for Prince Charles's birthday, mm-hmm. and uh, Camilla and Meghan were spotted kind of holding hands. Just it was like I saw the video; it was just a very quick moment, but Cute. they just seem very close. I could see it. They both have; they're no strangers to scandal. Mm-hmm. They're both divorced. Yeah, and maybe Camilla recognizes that in her and is like, "I'm so glad that they overlooked all of these yeah. things, like you know, being American and divorced, yeah, and allowed you to marry into this family rather than having to go through the long, difficult road that I went through." Yes, which is also a bit of a narrative that we saw in the Lifetime movie. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> so that is also might be informing our opinion of this little union that's forming. But hey, Cammy and Maggie holding hands at an event just mm-hmm. days after their wedding. You don't always want to hold your mother-in-law's hand for for fun. Yeah. Naturally. I can't even imagine it. So I like that. That was a nice little moment. I'm enjoying that. And then another thing that's everyone's talking about nonstop is the honeymoon. Yes. And it seems like every week we're hearing a different location. Yeah. So just in the past few weeks, we've, of course, heard Namibia, yes. which we've talked about before and it was pretty much understood that it's definitely happening. We had heard it was going to be this very isolated um like cabin lodge thing yeah. where no one can get to them, which I still kind of think might be happening. Me too. But then, like, if not Namibia, then some other African country. Yeah, I think it's definitely in Africa. Yeah. And then I also heard that maybe when they go on their um, official trip to Australia, I'm not entirely sure when, but it's coming up quite soon. Um, one of Megan's co stars in suits, Gabriel mocked mm-hmm. or mocked i don't know how to pronounce it the hot one the hot one yes who's not married to a, someone from pretty little liars um <laughs> he had offered up one of his australian vacation homes because sure, sure, sure. his wife is from there and so people were then saying oh is she gonna go to australia but then the latest one that really got a lot of circulation was that they were going to be staying at the fairmont jasper park lodge in alberta canada and the post uh the new york post called it the most boring place, which I found incredibly offensive as a Canadian and as a person who thinks Alberta sounds fine. Um, but they were going to stay at the Royal Retreat Cabin. And so everyone was saying that was going to happen. And then just like a few hours before we started recording, uh, the Canadian Lodge said, though Fasper, sorry, Fasper, oh my God, I can't talk. Though Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge has a longstanding history of serving as a Royal Retreat, we can confirm that the couple is not currently booked for a stay. Yeah, that lodge has hosted um, Harry's grandparents, um, Elizabeth and Philip, and also his great-grandparents. So 
wouldn't you want to stay on your honeymoon in a room that your grandparents and your great grandparents have stayed in? So Sounds sexy. So I mean, after their wedding night at their grandma's house. Yeah, exactly. The castle. Yeah. So I don't I, I'm kind of glad that they immediately or at least I mean, they could still be going to Canada. But the lodge said not us. They're, maybe they're going, but not with us. I mean, Canada is special to them because that's where a lot of their romance first bloomed because mm-hmm. he would visit her on the side of suits and things like that. But and with all the respect, the utmost respect to your home country, Lisa, she says, as I stare at her, <laughs> side I just don't I don't see it. If you're the most famous couple on this planet slash the hottest, are you going to go to Canada on your honeymoon? I think I would go to Bali or somewhere yeah. just insanely beautiful where I could relax. I mean, Namibia sounds so beautiful, but I just want to be on in beach. the water and beach. Yeah. I mean, didn't uh, William and Kate went to the Seychelles? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's like a screensaver. Yeah, exactly. I only want to go to a screensaver. Yeah, that's my that's my vision. But um, <laughs> But we'll never know. Realistically, we'll never know. And they'll tell us after the fact, maybe. Yeah, maybe these are all leaks where they're just saying things or maybe people are just talking out of their behinds. Who yes. knows? Yes. And the royal a royal expert told Elle that if their honeymoon spot leaks prior to travel, it compromises their safety on the trip and they'll be advised by their protection team to change plans. So Lisa, in her very funny write-up for the cut, said, hope we're not ruining the romantic getaway. Sorry. Actually, that's not me. <gasps> no? Sorry. It was my coworker, Amanda. She's really funny. I just assume that all writing about the royals for the cut comes from you. I don't want to know otherwise. <laughs> Amanda's Who's very funny. Amanda? Love you, Amanda. Whatever. Amanda I thought Arnold. that was a funny line. <laughs> because we, too, as royally obsessed people, we might be ruining the planning of this trip by our constant surveillance of where they're going. Here's how I feel about it. They deserve privacy, and no one should know where they're going on their honeymoon, except for us. Except for us. And we should also be invited. Yeah. Like, as the press, you know? I mean, we, as friends would be fine, but yeah. we could just be there and take pictures of them all the time. And I do, like, a really beautiful Condé Nast Traveler well feature. It's just us as the writers following them on their trip and writing about the resort and everything. It's just an idea. I'm pitching it. And pitching it if they're listening. Yes. Um, but, Editors, <laughs> get in touch. Well, they'll probably never know. Um, here are some things we do know. As, as tight-lipped as they are about the honeymoon and as much as we want them to be enjoying themselves, they have given us some other little peaks since Royal Wedding Day, May 19th. So first is that um, Claire Waite Keller gave her first interview about the dress, the dress, the dress. Um, so this is going to be an uncomfortable interlude um, of today's podcast because um, as you guys may recall from the day of when we recorded that episode, I was really not feeling the dress. That feeling has only intensified with time. I still love it. And my feeling has intensified with time, too. So which host do you like more? Let us know at Really Obsessed Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, that'll be our vote on our Instagram story for this, this week. This is Lisa, by the way. <laughs> so in her interview. So again, so I didn't love the dress. And then this interview is so schlocky and over the top. I, Claire <laughs> is very talented. I applaud her appointment to the House of Givenchy. She's their first female artistic director. That's an incredible moment. 
that said, this interview is hilariously bad. Um, so she said that working with Megan, she's been working with her since January since when they first met and that Megan's a strong woman who knows exactly what she wants, which if one more person around the royal family says that about Megan, I'm going to start to feel like it's a poke. <laughs> because they like, all how strong she is yeah like i just what are you what are we trying to say i don't know like what's what cynic lives inside me but that's kind of like the lifetime movie where they wanted to show she's a feminist so they just kept saying that she's a feminist yeah exactly and just showing her being like can we change this line can we change this commercial just basically making feminists be synonymous with pushy anyway that's my soapbox but um they said claire said she's a strong woman who knows exactly what she wants uh, we very quickly agreed on the perfect dress. I wanted a modern and fresh silhouette while respecting her style. Um, so that's all fine and whatever. Um, but she has these moments where she talked about how it was. She talks about the veil and how they designed it together with the flowers and the 53 flowers representing the 53 countries of the Commonwealth. And she said it was a moment of intense communion. What? <laughs> So that's that's line number one that crushed me. Um, and also, she when describing the material of the dress, she said the silk crepe for the dress is doubled, which gives the silhouette its simplicity and its holding while remaining supple. Now, Claire, sweet Claire, the dress was not supple. <laughs> By no stretch of the imagination was that dress supple. It was very stiff in the bodice. That was part of the problem for me. So, mm, I don't know. I don't know about all that. But I'm going to end on a positive note, which is that she said she spoke to Harry at the reception or I don't know what. And Harry said to Claire, the designer, oh, my God, thank you. She is absolutely magnificent. That is a great thing to end on. And again, I'll remind you, I, Lisa, like the dress. <laughs> pick your pick your poison, guys, when it comes to a host. Whatever. I, it's the only negative feelings I have toward Meghan Markle. And at the same time, I'm saying that if one more person calls her strong and opinionated in an official release or statement, I'm going to have to fly to the UK. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go. Also, I think it's good that we have differing opinions on this dress, but then the same opinion on the after party dress by Stella McCartney, which we both agree was Ugh. just insanely perfect. Yes. But I think it's good because all of the coverage has been so mixed. There's so many um, bloggers that I adore and worship, and they don't like the dress. So yeah, you are in good company. Me. I just I just blindly love anything she does. So <laughs> sorry, I just like her more than you do. <laughs> One of us is just more loyal. It's fine. Um, and at the same time, last week, we also got um, from Kensington Palace, they released Megan's coat of arms. Yes. So usually the coat of arms goes to the father of the bride. So it's actually supposed to be about the family. So when Kate married William, her dad was given a coat of arms for the Middleton family and the coat of arms um, incorporated stuff about the Middletons and then about the goldsmiths, which is her mother's maiden name. But for Megan, the coat of arms went directly to Megan and bypassed her entire family, bypassed her father. And uh, so that in itself is because historic. the Markles are dead to her sort of and dead to us. Yeah. Like, that's why. Sorry, you guys. That's why. But it's interesting because her coat of arms is, I mean, it's very official looking, but it incorporates a lot of the U.S. It yes. is supposed to be California. 
Yes. So uh, again, this is one of the wonderful times where we don't have to speculate where Kensington Palace released a very detailed explanation of the coat of arms and what it meant. And again, how Megan was intensely involved <laughs> the whole time. I wonder if she was being strong and opinionated in uh, the process. Probably. <laughs> so she, yes. But so they explained it for us. We don't have to speculate. So here are some things to call out. And I highly recommend pulling up an image of it. But I'll do we'll do our best to describe it visually. So on the left, you have all of the hairy stuff. Um, it you, is a hairy lion. <laughs> it's a hairy lion, a lion representing the Windsor family. And you have other symbolism from his coat of arms and from his family. And the lion is wearing a crown. Then on the right, you have a much simpler part of the shield. And it is royal blue, which they said represents the Pacific Ocean and the blue skies of California. Yes. Then there are golden stripes, which represent the sunshine of California. And then the stripes are interrupted by three quill feathers. Which I'm obsessed with because <laughs> it's supposed to represent communication, which could very easily mean acting and suits. But I like to think it means her blog. Yeah. You know, she loves to write that blog. Can you imagine being such an intense lifestyle blogger that you have it built into your royal coat of arms? <laughs> like, just a reminder, Lincoln bio is basically what this says. Yes. So I love that very much. The quills represent communication. Then on the right, um, whereas on the left, the shield is supported by the hairy line. On the right, it is supported by a songbird. Um, it's a white bird that I think looks kind of like a dove. And that's what I thought she was going for there was a white dove. But it's a little more complicated than that. But its wings are held back and its mouth is open and it's singing, which Kensington Palace said once again, represents communication. So I guess the quills are the tig and <laughs> the bird is suits. <laughs> yes. The bird is her Instagram account, RIP. And then the shield and the two animals are on top of um, some grass. And in the grass are poppies, which uh, are the official flower of California. Yes. So, so much California up in here. I actually, um, I saw a funny tweet from a writer I admire, Molly Mulshine, and she said the only way this could be more California is if there were a Hollywood sign arcing over the back <laughs> part of the scene. Like, we get it. You're from California. And then maybe an In-N-Out burger. Yeah, exactly. Monkey, the whatever, animal fries at the bottom. Um, but no, what I think is really special about this, yes, the California stuff is like, it's a lot. But I like it because this is her first, this is her royal coat of arms. She's really a member of the royal family now. She's locked down in history forever. And what she chooses to represent her is her California and American roots, which is really special. Like she is reminding us every step of the way that I might be royal now and I might live in London, but I'm a California girl. I'm an American and you can't erase that from who I am. Mm -hmm, completely. So that's really beautiful. I liked that quite a lot. So a, a little break from our BFF Meghan Markle to go back to our OG Kate Middleton. <laughs> That's a perfect way of putting it. <laughs> Thank you. So Kate has been spotted out being a normal person. And by normal, I mean she's a princess. Yes. Mother of a prince and princess and prince yeah. and living in a castle or a palace. Sorry. But she was spotted out in Norfolk. Like, Norfolk? It was, like Norfolk. Called, it was called like Houghton Horse. Yeah, she was at a horse show. <laughs> so she was at the Houghton Horse Trials. Um, Kate Middleton popped up there this weekend with uh, two of the three babies of hers. And what was so special was, A, no paparazzi captured this. 
Yeah, this must have been an iPhone pick or like a Blackberry pick because it was so blurry. It's I don't quite think it was blurry. But yeah, someone took just one or two snaps like really quick of Kate Middleton at this event and she's bending down and maybe if you will, removing a schmutz from <laughs> Prince George, she seems to be talking to him. She, she's knelt down talking to him. He's wearing normal clothes, which is so special because we never see Prince George in semi-normal clothes. He's always very formal. Yes, and also his hair when he's at formal events is always pushed back and parted, but it's just in his face like a typical little boy. He has beautiful hair, by the way. Great hair, great hair. I wish I had that hair. It's so full and blonde and lovely. Yes. But he was wearing khakis, khaki Yeah, little khaki shorts and a little like hunter green polo, very normal kid stuff. I love that he was in a polo. I'm like, really, you could be any of the lacrosse dudes at my college. (laughs) So it just seemed exactly right also for what a little kid would wear at a horse show. Yeah, so that was uh, Prince George. But of course, we also saw Princess Charlotte, and she was wearing one of her typical ensembles, I have to say, like a Liberty, a a pink and red Liberty print dress with little pink sneaks. Mm -hmm. It was super cute. And she was carrying either an ice cream or a frozen yogurt. I don't know what it was. Some such. But it was pink, and she just looked like a little girl. They just looked so normal. And Kate was wearing a dress from Zara that was $79 because everyone I looked at, other than like the Daily Mail, I guess... The Daily Mail or other places must have had exclusives or been too expensive. So if you click on headlines about Mm -hmm. it, it's mostly just old pictures and then a picture of the dress that you can order. So it was like a really cute, simple, like blue cotton dress with some embroidery across the top. She's still, though, because you you don't even see Kate's face in the pictures um, in these like little snapped iPhone photos. She just has a perfect little bun, though. It's like very tight in the back. It's not a messy bun at all. No, 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 no messy bun, even when she's off duty. So she they were in Norfolk, which is where they have um, a home there as well. And I think it's where William and Kate were always sort of normal because they lived in Norfolk when he was uh, working as a pilot. It was sort of their life away from London. And so it's just a nice reminder that they still go there all the time. They still have a life in Norfolk. That's where you would see all any images of Kate Middleton after marriage where she's like grocery shopping. They all happen there. So this is like their sort of small town well, life. After Anglesey, of course. Yes, yes. So it's just like I, I really like any Norfolk things. And I kind of like that there were no paparazzi because they've attended this event before, which means they could have like paparazzi could have figured it out. But it gives me the idea that like the town of Norfolk sort of protects them and doesn't Mm -hmm. let paparazzi in and doesn't tip them off to the press. So I really like that. Um, And it's always nice to get a little glimpse of the kiddos. Yeah. And I think that's the perfect uh, time to wrap up. But before, before we adjourn the royal pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My high, sorry, this is probably yours, but my high is seeing Kate with the kids. Yes. Okay. Well, then I'll just, I'll jump off of that and say my high is uh, Princess Charlotte's ice cream cone. It's (laughs) summer now and she has a little ice cream cone and she's just a normal kid who matches her ice cream cone to her outfit. Aw. I love that. And my low is just going to be that the wedding is over. I think that's my low for like the rest of time. <laughs> for the rest of Q2, that will be Lisa's low. Um, <laughs> Q2, yes. My, Quarter two. My low would, I think, be, I don't know, that maybe the dress again. No, bye, my, no, bye, no, Caitlin. Sorry, my my low is the the fired the fake Chelsea Davies story because it's nonsense. My friend Chelsea is pulled together. She's not crying over no man, not even Prince Harry. Exactly. And so you can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya on Twitter and read my writing at the Cut. 
And you can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, on Twitter and Instagram, and see my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. And please follow the show on Instagram, we're Royally Obsessed Podcast, and we have a Facebook group called Royally Obsessed. And please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And until next week, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.